Welcome to the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast. I am your host, Scott Needham, and I am the CEO of BuyBoxer, a uh, large Amazon seller. I, uh, I get in the weeds, with, I program a lot around Amazon and do whatever I can to, uh, to uh, help you solve problems and to think uh, through all the, 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 the Amazon hoops that there are to jump. And today, um, we, I'm actually recording this on March 3rd of 2020, and there is a, uh, a new hoop to jump. Um, and then we're going to be talking uh, global logistics, but like coronavirus right now is in its prime. And so we can both uh, tackle that and some other issues. I have two guests. I have Rose and John from Flat World. Uh, global solutions and I, I, I spoke with them for 20 minutes last uh, week and it was clear that they have a lot of experience um, when it comes to freight forwarding and logistics so welcome John and Rose hey, thank you Scott thank you so um, let's just let's dive into the uh, the uh, coronavirus how is that affecting I mean you guys work with China directly a lot and uh so tell me what you guys see you want to go ahead john yeah um so as i mentioned before scott right now it's we're we're starting to see it get a little back to normal um in the past few weeks we're we've been seeing more of the suppliers getting back to the factories our agent has returned back to the offices um a couple of weeks ago, the, ship, the shipping companies were still doing blank sailings, meaning they were sending ships that weren't fully full of cargo just to get them out into the ports and to start kind of getting back to normal. Um, we're also starting to see more normal bookings going forward this week. Um, so, yes, it is getting better. Um, but I think it's going to be another couple of weeks before all the factories are fully back operational. and We kind of see everything getting back to normal. So on the operational side, um, kind of day-to-day hands-on with shipments and experience with all these carriers, um, biggest observation that I have, as John mentioned, of course, is like the blank sailing. So what does that mean? Um, basically, there are a lot of ships due to the travel bans and embargoes and all that stuff. Um, pretty much there are ships that were in the middle of you know the ocean and they were stopped at um, a trans-shipping port. So this particular one that I've actually seen this happen are those that are coming out of um, China. They route over to Busan, Korea, which unfortunately I believe is now second, if not third on the list of um, the most um, affected with the virus. Yeah. Those ships are just parked there. They're not moving. So it's literally like a parking lot in the middle of the ocean. So until... Uh, um, there's a lot of containers that are delayed. I actually have one in particular that um, his shipment was going to Atlanta and his shipment failed about a month ago. And because of the Corona, his shipment's been parked in Busan in a vessel somewhere. And it's, there's no telling as to when that those are going to ship. So it's hard for us to be able to give um, even close to estimated dates right now. As far as air cargo, um, I just looked at the current market rates from today. We know that it's going to be a volatile market um, the next, I want to say, at least the end of the first quarter. From last week to today, I've seen an average jump of about $2 per, um, per kilo on air freight alone. 
to the market, you know, because of, of there's not a lot going out. Rates are also inflated. And then as far as within the U.S., domestically, we are suffering. There's no freight that's moving out of the terminal. So the truckers are affected. There's been a lot of layoffs um, due to it because there's just not enough um, freight to support that's coming inbound. But as just John mentioned, the great positive thing that we can look at is that now production can start again. Um, mainland China is mostly, I believe, if not 80% operational as far as um, suppliers and manufacturers go. So that's at least my observation um, on the day-to-day this week. Well, that's uh, very interesting. You touched a lot of different points. I mean, uh, you, you guys have a lot of different contact points of all the different aspects of uh, you know, shipping across borders and oceans. Um, now, you did mention a dollar amount on the air freight. Um, yeah. you, said, you said it was $2 more. Um, how yeah. much is that, like, is that extremely unusual or is that just kind of like a high price? Um, for what we would consider as actually low season now as far as um, – on a typical market that we've had, I want to say on average, I, we are about at what $4 per kilo roughly right now. And that is probably a dollar more inflated than regular market if you really look at it. So okay. it, it, it's not on a typical market that we are all used to after like a really strong peak end of like, you know, 2019 coming into heading into Chinese New year typically once chinese new year is done things settle you know it's pretty quiet and then you know the rates are you know rates are pretty low okay. when things get busier then it's supposed to be higher but right now it's kind of the opposite right um interesting so that's really interesting to think in the context that you know, coronavirus isn't gone and it, it, things could uh, get a little bit more hectic. So hopefully we've seen the worst of it and that we can uh, go back to go business back. as usual. Um, so tell me a little bit more, you know, what does business as usual look like? So um, us as an Amazon seller, we have shipped a few containers over. Um, because of Corona, we have you know, accelerated a few container orders. Um, and, but um, I actually haven't ever been on the ground and done it myself where I've, you know, walked through a, uh, a container shipment um, from a factory. So, so uh, what should be the first step? There's a lot of people out there that are, are still doing their first shipment. And then there's people that have done maybe 30 shipments and that, that they still want to optimize that. So, I mean, we, we, we have uh, a diverse audience, but um, take, take me through the process of what should be considered when you're talking with a manufacturer. John, did you want to take this one or do you want me to go ahead? And- go ahead and go with this one, Rose. Uh, so, Regardless, you've been a you're an experienced seller like yourself, or you're just starting out. It's all the same, pretty much. You know, your your first dealing is going to be who is going to be making your product, right? So you're placing your order, okay? Um, 
you want to make sure, obviously, that your shipment is now in production or that you've settled on a product and that it's going to be produced before you go and start getting quotations from transportation providers, or your freight forwarders. Why do I say that? Sometimes, though, first-time sellers, you know, they get very excited. They get very anxious, and they want to have the freight forward in place because that's something that they, you know, everybody says you need. As a piece of advice in terms of that, make sure first that you are settled on your product, that you have your documents, at least the, that you purchase it, you're set, and you know that it's, it, it's going to be at least in the process of being made. Um, rates, why do I say that? Because rates do factor in as far as how much it's going to cost you to ship it internationally to the U.S. Again, that's whether you're a first-time importer or you're a savvy importer. Um, I think it's important for our um, for our importers, for our sellers to know that rates do vary. They do change. And for those of us that ship full containers, your rates will change every 14 days. Every On the 15th day, new rates will be published. So in the middle of a transaction, usually you want to make sure that you know when your freight is going to be ready because that's going to factor into how much you're going to be paying as far as your cost is concerned. Um, so once you have that, um, you know, you, you get your order placed, your book is being manufactured. You want to know when is it going to be ready? Are you going to need it to be inspected by a third party in China? Depending on the commodity, you want to make sure also that before it's it's completely ready for you to ship it internationally, you want to make sure that as the importer of record or the consignee, what does that mean? Because you are the one bringing it into the United States. You are the buyer. You are held responsible by customs. Right. Um, right. So you want to make sure that before anything else, you want to get your at least the invoice. Uh, the if, if it's final commercial invoice, packing list, you want to make sure that you have a packing list if those details are not already on the commercial invoice. Depending on your commodity, um, a lot of sellers like to ship toy products or um, it's made of wood. So there are other certifications or documents that you wanna make sure that you have for those particular ones. Um, and you guys do help with that, uh, that process of figuring absolutely. out which documents um, because I've, I've met people uh, several times and they, you know, the first time that they do something, uh, that they do this uh, international shipment, they, their, their stuff gets stuck at customs and right. because they were just completely un, unprepared. What are the main uh, factors that would lead them to just, uh, well, to, to have something get stuck at customs? So at the very least, ask for the invoice and packing list and then when you know when your cargo is going to be ready, reach out to a forwarder. Okay, doesn't matter whoever your forwarder of choice is, that's fine. Always, you know, never never settle for one. Um, always, always go to different ones so that you have a good variety to pick from. Okay, um, an invoice and a packing list to start off with will propel you the right, you know, that, that starts you off on the right path. Okay, the forwarder should be able to look at your commodity. And um, ideally, you want to have your forwarder the same as who's going to be handling your uh, customs uh, entry within the state. So that's called the customs broker. There are forwarders that are not all that that are not customs broker. 
So as a suggestion, you want to find those that are forwarder and a customs broker as well. So then you have a one-stop shop go-to with your um, inner with your transactions. So you're not having to go to multiple uh, multiple parties, talking to different people, and all that stuff. Is that then that's just add, um, added things for you to control. So then you want to send them the packing list and the invoice. Your forwarder should be able to tell. Oh, okay. Look, you are from your product is wooden, um, wooden, what is a wooden ruler, wooden um, desk drawer of some sort, right? Already because the wood name is there, they should tell you that you need a lazy act because customs is going to want to know what is a lazy act form. A lazy act form tells customs or um, USDA uh, uh, what is that wood made of because there are certain wood that's not allowed in the state. So those, those little um, regulations will play factor as to how fast or if your shipment is going to get stuck at customs. One of the more common things with sellers also is they, they bring marker pens. Where, you know, it's just markers. You know, every day we use them, ball, ballpoint pens, but the actual ink within that pen is actually considered toxic. So in that sense, we are also going to need a, what they call a TASCA. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to get your shipment released to customs. It will get stuck. So those are a few things why, you know, to answer your question, why things get stuck at customs. So it's a little documentation. Interesting. Yeah. Um, we've done some exporting and importing, and I am super happy that, like, I – um, didn't myself jump into the customs because there's, there's, there's loopholes, sorry, there's, there's hoops to jump and you really have to think about your product thoroughly. And, um, so, but when we were talking last week, you told uh, me that to never let your manufacturer take control of the shipment. Yes. Um, yeah. To, like, tell me a like a story. Why? Like, why? If, if say say manufacturer comes to me and, and they're like, "Hey, um, we'll do the shipping for you. We'll we'll land this into Long Beach for you," and you know, they they kind of make you feel like they're in control and they're going to solve all your problems. Why is that a bad idea? I, I, well, okay. I don't personally trust it as as a freight porter um, for the reason that those are the transactions that sellers, um, they hear of the term DDP, okay? Delivery duty paid. It's an Ingo term. It's a selling term. Basically, all that, all, all that means is that the shipper, like you mentioned, is trying to take control because it's, it's an opportunity for them to make additional margin, additional profit because of the freight, right? So what that means is this, the, the shipper, the manufacturer, is going to be arranging your shipment for you. They're going to be shipping it using their means of transportation. Okay. The tricky part there is that there are instances. So we got to remember that there is um, custom uh, for any shipment that enters the U.S. commerce. Anything that is lower than eight hundred dollars is considered non-dutiable in general. What does that mean? Well, customs. You know, let's say they those are the ones that are sent in typically by a courier shipment and they, they, Hey, they magically, you know, everything bought smooth and they ended up in the Amazon warehouse. Okay. But those, like you mentioned, the example that you mentioned, let's say you have a full container, right? Scott, you, you brought it in your shipment and your shipper says, Scott, I'll book it. I'll move it in for you. Okay. You don't have to worry about here's your invoice pay it. 
Well, little did we know that that container is only booked all the way up to Long Beach port. The shipper, if we're not careful, has only made themselves responsible and that we agreed for their responsibility to end once that container arrives at port. Meaning they don't have an internet, they don't have a U.S. customs broker. They're not part. They're not partnered with any entity that is allowing them to clear that shipment under them as an importer, because they do not. They don't have a U.S. entity that they can clear it with. So right. that's a lot of words I said, and I, that's probably that, that probably can get a lot. You know, everybody confused, but it's actually not so complicated. So let me explain a little bit. When it's DDP, typically, the shipper is saying, hey, I'm going to pay for everything, including the delivery and the duties when it gets into the United States. What that that means is as a foreign entity, they are offering a power of attorney to a U.S. customs broker to act on their behalf so that that the goods can be cleared under their name as the importer. Okay, well, let's say they're going to ship it to, they have to be able to ship it to a U.S. a U.S. entity with an EIN number. So in this, in this scenario, you know, they say, oh, ship it directly to Amazon even. Well, Amazon does not, they're not very cheap. I mean, they're very cheap. I'm sorry. They're very cheap in terms of, being, you know, having anybody use their EIN number. They allow it, but it's very, very hard to get it. It's very, very hard to get approval to get it. You have to go through a process. So in that sense, your shipment will not be able to clear because that, you know, them as the importer, your manufacturer, is in a foreign country. So customs will never, never, never allow that. And then that means that you then become responsible. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of left hanging and your shipment's at port and you don't know what to do because you never prepared and you never got a U.S., you know, customs broker, which in an essence, you actually are able to. You just have to find the right one that's going to be able to help you. I've heard of that situation happening like two or three times, just to people that I've interacted with. Um, and so, like, it does happen. Like you, And so, I, as I've talked with people, and, you know, you guys are explaining it very clearly, you know, taking control of your own shipment is the best way to uh, be sure that it's going to get through. Um, but there's two other things that uh, um, you've mentioned that I wanted to highlight a little bit. One, you talked about inspections. You, you said maybe a third-party inspector in China, which I have mm-hmm. talked about before. Um, but what if you don't do that route? Are there any options in the U.S.? Yeah, I can take this one, Rose. Yeah, so that's we do offer inspections at our warehouse, and that's why we put so much importance on sending everything to us first. Um, for example, we have a customer that bought some cases of coffee grinders, um, and while in transit, his supplier informed him that they didn't have the insert card with all of his company information on it. Um, at which point, he was able to contact us, and I got a hold of my warehouse team. And instead of the product just arriving at Amazon without the proper labeling for his company, we were able to take the products in our warehouse, add the actual requirements that he needed, and then ship it over to Amazon. 
Um, in this instance, we also discovered that there were several cartons that didn't even contain the actual product. So this is just another way that we're able to prevent our customers from sending empty boxes over to Amazon or products that don't have the proper labeling, which in result can lead to bad reviews and then your product just not selling on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the dream idea is that, you know, you have your manufacturer in China and you're able to send your stuff directly into an Amazon fulfillment center, you know, as fast as possible. But, um, I mean, I've had huge uh, shipments that were partially rejected or wholly rejected. And that can be for a lot of various reasons. One, like if the boxes are just too heavy, you know, you can get your inbound uh, shipment privileges uh, revoked. Or if they ship with too big of boxes, you don't, sure. have any, you don't have any control over that if you're shipping directly uh you know, into Amazon and, and you don't know if that they've put on all the correct documentation. Um, but it, I mean, I, I, I've been talking with John and, and that is something that they have really uh, prioritized in, you know, complying and figuring out all the, the, the hoops that Amazon um, requires for inbound shipments. Yeah, so, for example, I am an expert in textile labeling, Scott, and I've never sold anything on Amazon, but I can tell you exactly what kind of labels need to be on anything textile-wise selling on Amazon. Just part of the territory. And um, what, I mean, like, so um, my company, Buy Boxer, we have, uh, we're in every single category, 60,000 ASINs active right now. And um, it is surprising how, you know, every subcategory uh, has, you know, little things to be aware of, uh, you know, for absolute like apparel and textiles, like you were saying, have sure. their, their own issues, uh, glass, liquids. Um, and sometimes I like to think that, you know, category knowledge isn't, you know, as important. I like to just treat widgets as widgets, but that's not necessarily the case. But the main thing is, is, if this is your first shipment, like the last thing uh, I would want to do is get real excited. You know, you, need, you put a lot of investment to it and just to, and, and to have things get dead on arrival. And uh, you guys increase the confidence of, uh, you know, that, that your first shipment is, is going to be, is going to arrive. You know, the, the $3,000 that like say I've invested is, is actually going to, um, be a new product that's that's available on Amazon. So we uh, jumped and you know kind of did a whole uh, section of you know from beginning to end. Um, what more uh, should we be doing when we're considering our options out there? Uh, like Rose mentioned, I think that it's not a bad idea to get a couple quotes. Um, I think that with anything these days, you're like, just for example, Amazon, you're comparing tons of different items that are the same thing, but you're, you're reading reviews. You're looking at what different people have used. I think it's important to have different options out there. Um, one of the things that we try to stress with our customers is that we're always available. Um, I, I give my cell phone number to all my customers. We can have phone conversations. We can text. I'm on WhatsApp. We just, 
my goal is to make sure that my customers are completely comfortable with what they're bringing over. It's not, it's their livelihood. It's a lot of the times they're spending their entire life saving, trying to get this going. And I want to make sure that the shipping aspect of it is not what is concerning them, that they have that all figured out and that we're going to take care of that for them. And I think, um, and just to throw in, um, I think for me, because uh, like I said, I, I do this every day and I talk with every, you know, every kind of sellers that you have, that those that are just starting out, those are that are not even decided, never be afraid to just pick up the phone and call. You don't have to pay for this service. This is actually what we do. This is our career. Pick up the phone and ask. It, it, it starts there. Um, and international shipping is actually not as bad or as difficult as you know, as they make it, as they make it seem to be, that's why you want to find that forwarder because they're going to do all that for you. All you want to know is that, you know, all they just, you just got to let them know I have a shipment, accept the rate if, if, if it feels okay for you and let them do the work for you. Find somebody that's going to be, that you're going to be comfortable with. It's that comfort level. You want to make sure that you don't have that gut feeling that, that wrong feeling Make sure that when you find somebody that to work with, that you are settled, that you are okay. Because in the life of your shipment, that's at least, what, a month of traveling if you're going by sea. You want to make sure that you can sleep at night knowing that your shipment is moving and that somebody is looking out for you. And yeah. that they're going to you know, yeah, let you know when things are not okay and when things are okay. But and, never be afraid to call. It doesn't cost you anything. Right. I mean, trust is actually a big deal in this space um, because you are, you know, communicating with a, a manufacturer in China and on top of the cultural and, uh, you know, language differences, mm -hmm. you know, you, you're kind of testing each other um, and seeing if the each each other party is for real if uh and and i've seen a lot of uh, situations where like that trust has actually broken apart and yeah. and, and in, in the same way um kind of like with a with a with a freight forwarder um if you've i think it's a lot easier you know when you're speaking with uh another you know, American English speaker that like thinks the same way that we do. And it can really like, just like solve those problems. And so I would jump at it from just like a trust uh, position alone mm -hmm. as, as the, as the biggest value. Um, there is definitely movement in the space of uh, this where like people have created marketplaces um, and uh, like exchanges where, you know, you could see a, a bunch of different uh, shipping options at once. If someone's trying to do one of those things, what, um, what might they be missing? Okay, well, there's one very, very big one out there right now that is very, very common to most. And it, it, I actually use it also to compare. Are we really looking at grapes, you know, grapes, or are we comparing grapes to apples or grapes to grapes? So what do I mean by that? So it's okay to do that, you know, get yourself familiarized, but what you may be missing are the hidden costs. Well, Rose, what do you mean? Okay. So depending on what you put in based on the interpretation of the details that you have in front of you, you know, Hey, uh, you have 23 or 25 cartons, your manufacturer said there's a total of 100 kilos and uh, they measure 40 by 40 by 40 centimeters in the box. 
So you're going ahead and putting it all in there. And based on that, oh, okay, here are your rates. But um, depending also, okay, so you wanted to come out of Shanghai, but then now your terms, you know, you, you missed that you agreed to the terms with your shipper or your supplier as experts, meaning that they're making you responsible for picking up your freight from their factory. But then you're going in there and you're putting in, oh, I want this to come out of Shanghai. So now you're actually only putting in the port where it's leaving instead of your, you know, your warehouse factory or even vice versa. So things like that. And then obviously they're, they're never going to, they're never going to estimate any of your duties. So what's most common that I've seen is when, you know, when these uh, sellers come to us and they say, Hey, can you help me out? Look into this. How come I got a surprise fee of thousand dollars and do i don't know what this is well because and you they were expecting obviously a thousand dollars flat well you know there are the bond fees for example um for first time you know first time importers you're required to have bonds surety bonds by customs so that you know in case something happens you get penalized or you know it's like a it's like an insurance to your freight you know that's customs related they gave you a flat fee. Well, your your value, the value of your goods is what ten thousand, fifteen thousand dollars. So now they're they're you know, and it went through FDA. So now they are billing you per you know a certain per kilo or per uh, per fifty five cents for the hundred dollars of every you know total of your goods value. So now instead of the fifty five dollars, you're paying how much more? So those are the little things that they typically miss and that you can't really get out of, you know, those marketplaces. Yeah. That's and, very common. I mean, with the, the tariffs of just the last two or three years, um, they're real. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I could be on um, Amazon selling forums and, you know, people come in and complain about, you know, some huge uh, duties that they have to uh, be paying. And so that's pretty, it's, um, there's, um, so like these exchanges or, or marketplaces, there's a lot of details that they're not capturing. Mm -hmm. All right. It's just, yes, it's based on what you entered. It's based on what you inputted in there. So it's all about the interpretation of data and typically you want to, you know, you want to make sure that you're reading every line by line item and that you understand how each rate is being calculated and that if you are to expect more. Um, like you mentioned, the provisional tariffs and the duties, we actually try our very best um, to estimate our seller's cost as close to the final, final as possible. Have we been 100% accurate? Yes. Have we not been 100% accurate? Absolutely. Because again, the, the you know, like you mentioned, the provisional tariffs that the President Trump imposed on China imports, they're ever changing. And so sometimes, you know, one season it can be 25%, it became 15, and then now it's like cut down to 7% or maybe nothing at all. So it's like it, it, we could have quoted you a month ago and things have already changed. But what we do is we try to estimate those charges that we cannot be secure, like, you know, accurate, if this is going to be your total but we do mark them estimate. So you at least have a ballpark, close total to what you are to expect at the end of the transaction, as opposed to having that, you know, not knowing exactly how much more to expect when you get your final bill. 
then it kind of throws off your, you know, your, 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 your budgeting, especially with the first time sellers. It throws them off because then, you know, you yeah. ship backpacks and backpacks are 25% additional plus 17%. So it's like, oh my God, I didn't factor that in. So that's a really big chunk that we missed out on. Interesting. Um, so if, um, say I'm new and I just like want to learn more um, than what could be covered in this uh podcast what would you recommend uh how, how can people learn more about this or, or or just get this problem taken away from them and that um you know that they, they they can focus on other parts of their business john john is a john is our uh, john is my onboarding expert but as for me my best the one-liner and this one is google your google is your friend but be careful, you know, because your friends can be enemies sometimes. But Google is your friend. Type in international freight forwarder and customs broker and start off there. You, you your- want to do, yeah, you want to do both uh, the, bro- the, the customs broker and the freight forwarder. Yeah. So don't, don't do get- them separately. Don't go to, to, to separate entities. If right. you can do them both in one, that's my best suggestion. Yeah, John, um, what do you suggest? Um, I suggest giving us a call or going <laughs> on our website and checking out, you know, just all the information we have on there. And, you know, if, if you have a, a question, shoot me an email and I'll be happy to answer for you. Um, so many of my customers, it takes two or three months before they're actually customers. It starts off with a conversation about their duty rate or what documentation they're going to need for their product. Um, it's I, I talk to customers all over the world at all times of the day. So just like Rosa, don't be afraid to ask. Ask, ask your forward or whoever you hire the right questions and have a conversation with them. It'll make a big difference in how you feel about moving your freight and how you feel about starting your business. Yeah, awesome. Um, I know that John, uh, he keeps his ear to the ground because we actually connected uh, through a seller forum and, uh, and just him being there means that like you know I, I he's listening to like what's going on and and being aware of all the issues so uh, i've had uh you know some super interesting conversations um with uh rose and john and um so flat world global solutions you guys do both the freight forwarding and the, the customs brokers um that's super helpful information and like and very uh topical as you know, right now is, is, is very chaotic. And, you know, you guys had some answers. You guys see the chaos because right now everyone always wants to uh, learn a little bit more about, you know, a changing dynamic situation like the coronavirus has brought in. And, you know, you guys had a, a lot of different touch points and answers. That was, that was pretty impressive that you are, are so close to the situation. Um, do you guys have any last any last things to say or um, um I actually I mean I like I said I um the only thing that I want to tell you know importers sellers like yourself first time you know experts never be afraid to reach out um you know there are things that we can do in email a lot but but speak to somebody because then you you want to you want to feel that connection because that's really really important find I 
I, for example, I, 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 I like, I like making my sellers feel like their freight is my freight. It's not a cliche that we say it's, it's, I want to be able to, to, to see for them what their freight looks like when they can't. I want to be able to touch their freight when they can't. There's this big fear, like you said, with Corona, that their shipment is going to get people sick when it gets here because it came from China. We, we, we are your hands. We are your eyes. Let us do that for you. Find somebody that's going to treat your shipment like it's theirs and that's going to care and love it like you do. Um, <laughs> it's it, it, it actually, it's the, oh, you know, it's not, it, it's a selling point. It's actually not because it's, it, it, you know, these are products that I, I as a consumer will also buy. I don't want to end up with some faulty, you know, coffee grinder machine at my house that I paid off Amazon and then have it returned back to you. We see a lot of these um, removals and it's unfortunate. And I always yeah. wonder, well, what forwarders did they use? Yeah, the, the world's eyes are on Amazon right now and they won't tolerate, say, um, you know, say the 90% of the products are good and, and they've been inspected, but 10% are faulty. And mm -hmm. some of those, some of those faulties could actually represent a, a health risk, a hazard. Yeah. And, yeah. and they, Amazon does yeah. act and will, uh, you know, shut down sellers over stuff like that. And so, I mean, the, the, we, we talk about it, but it is, it is real. And, um, you know, for the life of your business can have a huge impact. Yes. And, you know, I've seen it happen. I had, you know, one that who, he sells mousetraps and one, two, I believe he had returns and they said that it was quote unquote used with blood and all that stuff. And honestly, and it's just like that. He was shut down and we had containers worth of mousetrap that we had to dispose for him because he could no longer sell them. So it's like, don't be afraid to, to, to have us connect you to the suppliers with you. Let us, we understand something. We know when they're playing games with you. We know when you're not dealing with, you know, we, we know. We have that gut feeling because this is what we do every day. So get right. us involved. Your forward or involved. That's what we're here. This, this is why yeah. doctors are doctors. This is why yeah. we're forward. This is what we do. So that's, no. I mean, that's why, you know. That's that's, super, that's that's very helpful to hear. Um, well, thank you so much for uh, jumping on with me and talking for a few minutes about these things. Um, if you, uh, the audience, like this episode, and or you know someone that's about to do it for the first time, you know, share this, uh, share this episode with them so they can learn about some of the the pitfalls, like what they need to be thinking about um, when they are shipping stuff internationally, and. Uh, and then uh, also make sure you uh, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, give a review if you feel so inclined. Um, and I will be back next week with another episode as we, as we f solve the problem that is Amazon and all the hoops to jump. So thank you for joining and uh, see you next week. One, two, three. This episode has been produced by LaunchPod Media.